Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. It's Simon here again from Sterling Coaching and welcome to another episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast. I mentioned coffee because our guest today is going to talk a little bit about coffee and today I'm joined by Martin from Stillwater Coaching. I was introduced to Martin through uh, a couple of uh, I think social posts I think wasn't it Martin? I'd asked asked for an introduction to you because I love the profile that you've got uh, on LinkedIn and on your website and uh, I asked for an introduction to you because I thought you'd be a great guest for the podcast and two people reached out. Uh, glad to have you day. with Yeah, on the same day. Yes, great. Uh, you've never been so so wanted as you were through those two people, trust me. Uh, Martin, good to have you on the podcast. Tell the listeners a little bit about you and uh, a little bit of the story behind you know, what created Stillwater Coaching. Hi, Simon. Um, yeah, thank, well, thanks for inviting me. Um, so my, my story really is I was, I've always had an interest in people. So I'm a personal development coach and that spans quite a lot of areas. I work with people on career, personal life and well-being as the sort of three pillars of it. Okay. But I've always had an interest in just helping people develop and grow. That's uh, when I've looked at my values, that's very core to me, um, personal growth. And uh, I was working in various jobs and I, um, ultimately ended up in a product development role in the corporate world and it just started to reach the point where I thought this isn't enough it's interesting but it doesn't mean enough to me um so I made the decision to to leave to to go on a coaching course to become a coach set up my own business and here I am here you are Uh, so how long have you been coaching them when did you Um, make that move so that was 2017 so that's uh four years now well, well done on four years because, you know, they've been difficult times for many people, haven't they? And, uh, yeah, you probably just had enough time to get your feet under the table and get established before the p- pandemic hit. Well, you say that, but I, I was I was part time for a couple of years just because of um, various things that I was trying to get sorted. And so I actually took the plunge full time just before the pandemic. Yeah, I naively went traveling thinking, right, this is the beginning of a, a new chapter. I come back and we'll build this business. And then within six months, it was OK. This is not what I planned, but yeah. that's life, isn't it? There's never a good time to start a new business, I don't think. No, and you're right. And if you wait for that time, you'll be waiting until you're in a box, really, because uh, there never is the right time. Absolutely. And sometimes it's those adversities that actually create the inertia that we need to do something different. So, uh, yeah, certainly for me, that was the case. So I know you're sipping uh, water at the moment. And as somebody who is interested in well-being and uh, the personal side of stuff, and I know you're into martial arts as well, um, I'd expect nothing less than to drink water. It's an illusion. (laughs) It's an illusion. But obviously, you know, we do want to hear a little bit more about the coffee that you drink uh, as well, because that's that's the title of the podcast. So tell us a little bit about the coffee that you normally drink during the day. Double espresso. Um, Oh, wow. That was a surprise. The other end of the spectrum. (laughs) Yeah. So the the water's more of an antidote to the coffee, I guess. Um, 
yeah my, my morning routine is very much um a double espresso then walk the dog come back another yeah. double espresso and then sort of start my right. day um yeah and, I, and my sister's boyfriend's uh, italian so i've been um, indoctrinated into proper coffee drinking which has been quite helpful yeah is there any particular favorite coffee that you have as a double espresso i always buy lavazza um okay uh when in terms of coffee shops i would um i just try and avoid it's a bit of a cliche now but try and avoid the big chains yeah because you just don't get that experience that you would in a an independent so it's nicer to go and sit somewhere where it's a little bit different because you pay quite a premium don't you so you might as well sit there somewhere that's got a bit of atmosphere and not just plastic seats and whatnot yeah and when you say you have sort of a, a double espresso is is that something that you are very technically how you create it i've had people talk about different filtering machines or like me i'm just the simpleton that uses a pod um how, how do you create that double espresso i get maybe i'm somewhere in between i was um I, i've got ground coffee so it's a right. it's pour it into a, a little um whatever it is um stick it under turn the knob and job okay. done so it's very quick um and yeah works yeah good so you've got the proper thing that you press and put it into machine and then just filter the water through for the espresso. yeah yeah and yeah. It's, it's been going strong for years now it starts to leak everywhere so if i don't drain it every now and again it leaks all over the kitchen surface but yeah apart from that it's working yeah i must admit that's one thing that i think all the guests that are coffee makers have said in this podcast is how impressed they've been with, with their machines that have made coffee through this pandemic so i think our coffee machines have never worked as hard as they have done in the last 14, 15 months. So, I guess for uh, anyone that works um, normally in an office or out, away from home, then there's been quite a, a shock to the coffee machine, how much it's now getting used. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my KitchenAid uh, espresso machine probably got used once, twice a month. And now it's being hammered probably four or five times a day, every day of the week. So, yeah, it's it certainly earned its money. I was I was a bit unsure why my wife spent so much money on a coffee machine, but now I can see the value in it. Trust me. Yeah. So you you mentioned obviously the the transition from the the business that you were in to to the uh, the personal development and you know the well being that you you're coaching people in now. And that full-time move, you know, literally six months before the pandemic hit, what would you share that's been the latest or most significant thing that you've worked on or fixed in your own business? I think it's, and I thought about this quite a bit, and I think maybe because of the nature of what I do and what I advocate, mm-hmm. my focus has been on how do I get the best out of myself. So I'd say my my lessons that I'd probably share with people, um, I've picked up, I picked three, so I'll, I'll share them and then we can uh, dig into yeah, them a little. So the first is to be yourself. And I think it does sound a bit of um, a popular thing for, to throw around, but from experience, you, I have had a lot of people tell me what, either directly or indirectly, what I should do with my business and how best to make it work. Some people that have done similar things, some people, they've not done it at all. Um, and I do think you have to learn to listen to yourself in your, especially if you're running something. And if, if you're setting something up for yourself, then really it's 
for your own reasons and you have to stay true to them otherwise you can get lost so mm, i think completely that's agree. that's very important and i think part of that is taking some taking some risks that are aligned to what you want so if you're not sure i one thing i've really done a lot and maybe the pandemic has helped this every time there's an opportunity i've just said yes and gone for it unless i really don't want to do it whereas previously i might have weighed up the options, looked at the risk, thought about it a bit, you know, asked different yeah. opinions. I've just said, I've just gone for things and you learn so much faster. So I think just being tuned into what you want to do and, and, and yeah. doing it can yeah. such a steep learning curve that way. Do you find, because um, I think, you know, when we look at moments in history, you, you know, uh, and I don't want to sort of pull this down to something quite miserable, but you know, you look at wars, you look at pandemics, when disruption happens, very often quite accelerated development and learning happens. Innovation has to step up some notches because usually you're battling something against the time scale, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, whether it's virus, invasion, whatever it is. And I think there are lots of other examples. And it's interesting you mentioned there about that accelerated process that you went through. Um, before I just sort of dig a little bit deeper in of to how we can get the most from ourselves. What kind of difference has it made to you, Martin, of actually doing that process yourself and embracing more of those opportunities and becoming perhaps a little bit more um, of a risk taker when it comes to saying yes? What kind of difference has that made and how do you think it's had an impact on your own business? I think confidence and and learning to be, a, sounds a bit self-grandiose, but be courageous. So mm. if you don't have time to think about it, because you, the, you know, the alternative is no growth, yeah. then I think it does focus your mind. So it's just, I've, I've learned much quicker. So I've, I've gained confidence that I can do things that I previously just couldn't because I'd never done them before. Yeah. But I think more importantly, it's taught me to just, have the courage to go for everything yeah because usually the worst thing that can happen in your mind is far greater than reality and Absolutely. if you don't have time to think about it just get on with it yeah and I, I think you know it's interesting you use the word courageous there because courageous for me and I know for listeners it will mean different things for you but courageous isn't about stupidly leaping forward it's you know courage is about making great decisions and you know uh, embracing the the fact that fear is your guide and that you know cur courage is something that can steer you through that as well so for me it's quite a quite mm. a clever and complex way of feeling rather than just blindly going on you know courage is not about blindly doing something it's, no. it's much more than that um being courageous then, and I just want to sort of just go a little bit more into that. In your own business, what do you think that has made in a difference to you and how you perhaps you have looked at things in the business? Are there any examples or any things that you can share that perhaps illustrate that courage that you've put into that process? can't think of anything specific in terms of processes but I would say I've just I've learned to trust myself and I think what it has given me um 
connected back to the confidence is a greater sense of authenticity when I talk to other people who are struggling with things, whatever that may be. Yeah. Because I, and you talked about fear and how to navigate that and how to understand it and not just leap off a cliff type thing. Yeah. I think that unless you've done it, that's kind of it's hard to thing to explain to people, isn't it? So it is. But having walked through that and felt the fear, but sort of done it anyway, and um, it, it, I feel much more um, in a good place to help people when they're saying they're not sure about something and asking them more empathetic questions to help them navigate through things. So I think yeah. it's just it's given me a better sense of how to be a, a good coach, really. Yeah. And I think as, as coaches and consultants, we all need that empathy, don't we? And there are a lot of people out there who sort of, you know, perform from a manual or from, you know, mm. a, 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 you know, doing the paint by numbers uh, in lots of different businesses, not just coaching. But, you know, the word authentic has been used a lot, I think, in the last few months. But it is about showing that empathy. And, you know, why would you do anything in business with somebody that you don't know that they actually connect and understand you yeah yeah and you can, you can quite important i think you can see see that can't you when someone has been on a course or read a book and they say <laughs> yeah. the right things but it doesn't feel quite real and no. and there's also things that you know i've wholeheartedly believed and read and thought that makes sense and think that's the right thing and then now i've gone through it and now, yeah. I, thought, and now I understand why that quote works and now yeah, there's a deeper understanding sure. it's a bit like i think telling a child not to touch something because it's hot the first thing they need to do is touch it and then they get it they understand it yeah so yeah yeah no i get that good um now i know when we very first spoke we, before this podcast you mentioned um martial arts mm -hmm. you, you know is martial arts is your thing or part of your thing uh, yeah, it's big i'm part. sorry yeah big part good uh, so how does the the courage linked to martial arts do you think because you know i i think having to face somebody in any kind of uh, instance and i don't want to use the word confrontation because i know it's not about confrontation but yeah you know, does take an element of courage and you know my perception and i'm sorry if i'm being demeaning here in any way and particularly to you or anybody else with martial arts is that martial arts very much is about self-awareness that you've talked about is there anything that you would say to the listeners that they can perhaps use that to help them be more aware and be more aware of the courage they've got in inside themselves? Because standing up and facing things, standing up and being accountable and being responsible, you know, like you are when you face up to somebody in martial arts, does need that that element of courage. And I'm just intrigued if there's anything you could share with. The, the synergy between the two that might uh, be of use to people yeah I think that's a it's a great question i'm um surprised you made the link no no offense but it's not an <laughs> obvious link but having done certainly well more more coaching than running a business and martial arts i've really made some links and they seem so different things but they're both very much about being present you can't mm. coach somebody effectively if you if you think you know the answer or you think you know where the conversation's going you think you know what what they need to be doing because you've seen it before and there's no way you can deal with a, a sparring situation or a fight or a confrontation in that way either you just you prime yourself up for a problem that you're expecting and then you create the, the problem before it's even happened 
So the, the, the main comparison I'd say with the two is trusting yourself and your ability to deal with what comes at you um, yep. with a business, with coaching and with a confrontation based on all the work that you've done and based on who you are. Yeah. And that accelerated process through um, the last couple of years that we talked about has just given me more and more awareness of that, that I've had to go with what I already know and what I can do, my own sort of innate abilities, um, whether they're good enough or not. And then, you know, what will be, will be. And you, that, exactly. that's, um, it's kind of liberating because you don't, you're not always thinking about how do you control stuff. You just allow it to be and you respond. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you, you know, you, you've touched on something there that for me is, is really important that you mentioned about using all the work that you've done. And I think for the listeners, that's really important because things don't just happen by luck. You know, it happens through the work that you've done. And what you what you also mentioned is the way that things are being accelerated. And I think for the listeners, it's important to realize that this isn't about taking shortcuts. Neither Martin nor I are saying that doing things faster means taking shortcuts. Mm. What, what the last 14 months have done have allowed us to compress all the work that we'd have probably done over three years into a much more intense amount of time. So we've not, if anything, we've worked harder uh, and put more into it. What what we're not saying is take the shortcut. You know, there is no, I was talking to this earlier on, there is no, you know, washboard abs in six days, quick fix solution. Trust me, I still got the bench in my bedroom. (laughs) Um, It doesn't work. You know, you've still got to put the working, haven't you? But it's just the amount of uh, intensity that people and, and the capacity that they've had to put so much into the time that they've had because of the, the pandemic we've got. So I think I think those two things that you mentioned there are really, really valuable to the listeners. So thank you for sharing them. And, and I guess related to that, and maybe another tip for people that's just made me think is every, every time something doesn't go the way that I hope it to go, like I don't get the outcome I want or there's a bit of a setback, my way of dealing with it, is, with it is to ask myself, is there any more to learn from this situation? Mm. And almost invariably, the answer is yes. So in, in a little bit like, it would be comfortable and nice to sidestep this obstacle and just get to where I want to get to. But I really recognize there's a, there's a benefit in the process. And we don't really like to struggle as people. So we wouldn't actively want to um, hit barriers and struggle. But that's where growth comes from. Yeah. Uh, absolutely you you mentioned three uh, tips to share so mm. we've actually just covered one, one of those which is <laughs> which is awareness um run us through the other the other two then and then we'll go into those a little bit as well okay so they're they're a little bit connected the, the first of those is routine and i think other people have um been on your podcast and said said as much themselves and i've listened to podcasts that have said this i think when you've got a lot of free time and you're your own boss, then it's becomes much more important. But I would advocate it for anybody that there's a, uh, there's a few reasons. One is it mentally it just takes off a lot of the, the, the um, effort from making decisions because yeah. you just know when you have to do things, but also that just puts a structure around your day that you're not, there is a way um, quite easy to feel a bit lost in the wilderness. If you don't have a structure, it just becomes, you can do whatever you want and, so, or why do anything? And I think having those those sort of reference points, if you do this, then you do that. You, life just is a lot easier. 
So that would be the first one. And then the second one, and I've had people suggest to me, don't do this so much because I do a lot of sport, but it's just to keep wellness central. I think if you don't have exercise and good nutrition and good sleep as central of, of that routine, I think I feel like it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You mentioned the nutrition side of it and we don't really, we're not really talked about this much in the podcast in the past, but uh, many years ago, I, I was struggling with the coaching business, uh, concentration levels, we're struggling a little bit, effort levels, energy levels. And I felt, you know, I was burning out mm. and I thought, you know, I'm working too hard. And many years ago, I, I had pneumonia for a month because literally I did burn out completely and uh, became very unwell because of the way I was running multiple businesses. And I could see the same thing happening. And mm. I was talking to, to my coach, Eric, and he said, I've got the answer. He said, I need to get you to speak to my wife. My wife looks after the nutrition of this family. She says, and we need to get you hydrated better, drink more water. Yeah. I know listeners, people keep saying it, but it's true. Uh, drink more water and we need to get you the, the nutrition, the vitamins and the minerals that you need. Uh, because I don't think you are burning out. I think you're just looking after yourself poorly. And he was absolutely right. And he put me onto his wife, Deborah, who I actually thanked just a few weeks ago again for this. And she, the, some of the tips she gave me about well-being and nutrition boosted my performance. I wasn't just back to where I was. I was two, three times the level of performance of where I was. And I thought, wow, I'm only running at 50% capacity. I thought I was burning out at 100%. And I realized I was only running at 50%. So it does make such mm -hmm. a huge difference. So uh, that's, that's it's a bit important. like um, it's an easy analogy, but I often think about like running a machine or service in a car. And um, I've worked in manufacturing in the past and they have quite rigorous um, uh, sort of cleaning protocols. And they yeah. how fast can you run the machine without, you know, to get optimal efficiency without having breakdowns and repairing it. And it's not an emotional thing. It's just about how do we get the best out of this bit of kit? And we yeah. seem to lose sight of it when it comes to ourselves <laughs> and just think, well, I, right. I seem to be doing OK. I'll go a bit faster, do a bit more. And. It's just yeah. it's not efficient apart from anything else, is it? Because you you know you have a breakdown for a month, and from a, a, a kit point of view, you've got to fix yourself. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Maintenance is better than cure. Yeah, and it's always a, you know recovery is one thing, but it's it's the getting back on track once you've made that recovery as well. That's in, yeah, that's hard work. You, you mentioned routines, and I want to ask a question. Um, and you're right, you know, many people have talked about the importance of routines, morning routines. The one thing that I've struggled with in, in the past and yeah, I'm struggling a little bit with now, to be honest, you know, I, I've tried changing my morning routine. So I had a very lovely, nice morning routine and we have got to change it slightly because we've got less animals at home now. And I've decided to make exercise part of my morning routine, which I am doing, but mm. I wanted to do it in a different way. So um, I'm always somebody who struggles to get out of bed. Yeah, I struggle, I str you know, it's, it's not a, um, a physical thing. It's literally, it's a mindset thing. I always, I'm, I'm always one to hit the snooze button and just have another 15 minutes. Even though I don't go back to sleep, I just become a bit lazy. What would you say to me and to the other listeners who perhaps are in a routine that they know they need to change? Because we can have a routine, but we know we need a better one. Is there, is there anything you can give us that would help us change, um, either completely break it 
or change that routine that we have that we know we've got to do something about? I think, well, specifically on your morning one, and it probably applies to any routine, is, is to incentivize yourself to do it. And okay. so what, um, I'm not a morning person either. And I used to, I used to do the whole snooze thing. And part of my coffee thing is in the morning is that I like coffee. So rather than lie there in the morning thinking, what am I going to do today? And what's my chores and what tasks have I got, which is all quite a lot to process when you're half asleep. Mm. I just got into the habit of I wake up, I go and have my coffee. I go down. It's a very quick process. Make my coffee, go into the garden. I, I love nature. So fresh air, stand in the garden, enjoy my coffee. And then I think about what I'm going to do. So yeah, okay. just something, and I've done it in the past where before going to work, I used to read a few pages of my book. I know this isn't exercise directly or well-being in the natural sense, but something that you like doing that gets you out of bed and gets you started in a positive way that doesn't feel hard. And then it's a lot easier to do the next bit, which from an exercise point of view, I've said this to lots of people, just do a few press-ups or a few sit-ups or something. And you only have to do a couple and you can say, rather than I'm going to start exercising, you already are exercising. So you can reframe it. Yeah. And then in terms of improvement, you've only got to do one extra press up the next day and you're already improving. So you can start to feel like you're on track rather than you're thinking about starting, which is a totally different feeling. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And uh, it's, it's interesting. I think, you know, the, the incentive for me isn't something nice. It's not because I think that's probably why I do stay in bed. I do because actually I, I quite enjoy having a chat with my wife in the morning you know, she she brings a drink up. I, I have a juice, and we have a lovely chat. And you know, we we start the day off with that. And I think it's almost the the staying in bed and waiting for Angela to come back upstairs is the incentive, which actually is the wrong thing because it's the thing that's keeping me in bed rather than getting up and doing something. Um, the incentive for me, and I love the way that you you phrased that, is actually to do a challenge. So if I challenge myself and say, okay, every morning for the next 30 days, I'm going to get up and do 10 minutes exercise before Angela comes upstairs. So I can still have mm -hmm. the nice conversation, but actually challenge to do something before she comes up. That's what would be my incentive. Yeah. And maybe as sort of part of that, because I'm a little bit motivated in the same way, but one thing I do if I ever can't be bothered to do something is I compare in my mind, how will I feel if I've done it versus yeah. how will I feel if I don't. Great and tip. the feeling of, I've got up and done 10 minutes and I, I you know, before Angela comes back up, yeah. and I, you know, it is going to be your incentive that you feel yeah. great. I'm already yeah. succeeding versus that feeling that yeah. you probably get if you don't. Yeah. And as you were saying that now, I could see myself lying there with a smirk on my face thinking when she comes through the door, she doesn't even know that I've just done 10 minutes of exercise or just done 10 minutes something. I'm thinking, yeah, I did that while you were downstairs. So, yeah. yeah. It's sort of um, playing with your own personality, I think, a little bit, learning yeah. about what makes you tick. Yeah. So for just on the last one then of uh, the well-being side of things, um, it is important to look after ourselves with nutrition, uh, uh, etc. If you could give the listeners something which they could do for their own well-being that they could take away from today, something that easy that they can do tomorrow or the day after, something that they can take action on what would you give them that you could share or that you could uh, give them as a tip to get started with this mm, wow that's a that's a big one um i think the most generic thing that applies to anyone regardless of their situation is just 
look at the physical things, diet, sleep, exercise, and rest. And by rest, I mean sort of switching off stuff and recuperating and letting your, your brain recover as well as your body. Pick one thing that you can do that just feels like it's a quick win. And I don't think it matters how big or small it is. So maybe you you have a bit more sleep. Maybe you have a bit of time before bed that you just um, switch up all the electronic devices. Maybe you just start doing a bit of exercise or maybe you cut something out of your diet that you know isn't really helping you. Yeah just because it's a it's a chain reaction isn't it like we were talking about the feeling that you get having done 10 minutes exercise is massively amplified versus the actual face value benefit you're getting it's it's how do you process that interpret that and that can be you know success breeds success you do one thing you suddenly start thinking i'm on top of my life i know what i'm doing i'm making progress i'm yeah and the opposite is unfortunately true too so every time you put it off it becomes I need to do that thing. I still need to do that thing. So yeah, I don't yeah, think it particularly yeah. matters. One change that will help you based on what you already know. Great. So there you have it, listeners. Go out and do that one change tomorrow. What one thing, what one small thing, perhaps yeah. a tiny thing can you do that uh, Martin just talked about that can make a difference to your life? So before I ask you, uh, how people can connect with you and find out more about you. I just want to just touch on one final thing, because again, you, you mentioned something there that's really, really important rest. Now, some of us think we've had plenty of rest. You know, many people listening to this might have been on furlough. They might have, uh, you know, been laid off uh, for whatever reasons or got more time on their hands. But I think as a, as a human race at the moment, we seem to fill every moment with something every vacuum with something and you mentioned the word rest there and strange enough um yeah one of my favorite words is uh the japanese word for rest which i'm not going to tell you what it is because i told you what it was you'd know all my passwords but uh so everybody's googling it now but the, the the most important thing is that we actually do rest and i just want you to just tell us a little bit more about what you mean by rest, because I think that's really important for the listeners to hear that one, it's important that they need to rest, but also what rest means. What is it to them? Yeah. Well, for me, it's very much aligned to what you're saying. It's disengaging mentally from mm. the, the constant stimulation from the world. So overthinking and the bombardment of different devices telling you things or people or whatever it is. And I, I mean, I read a book on stress and there was, uh, the, it was a huge book, but the one thing that I took from it was every time that you, your attention is demanded by something new, it causes a minor stress response, which is natural really, if you think about it, yeah. because it's basically from an evolutionary point of view, something yeah. saying there might be a problem over here, your attention's needed, you've got to deal with something. And historically, that would be maybe a life or death situation or something really yeah. I mean, massive opportunity to get food or something. Now it's just somebody texting us saying, are you free or <laughs> yeah. what are you doing or group That's chat? Right. But it creates the same response. So we get like a cortisol response and you can have like stress hormones floating around in your system for hours. So it's just disengaging from that. And you can have, I think, passive rest where you just do nothing, meditate or um, just lie down or, or even just zone out in front of the tv or active rest you could be in the garden or going for a run or going for a walk but the critical thing is 
giving your brain a chance to stop, mm. to stop trying to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The busyness yeah. of all those ideas that are always yeah. floating around, especially before sleep. Otherwise you go to sleep and your, your unconscious mind is telling you that you can't really rest because there's still threats out there to be dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So switch off. Great. Switch off. Yep. Great. Love that. So, how can people connect with you? Where where do people find out more about you, what you do? Um, just share with listeners uh, how they can congest and um, that's the wrong word digest some of your content and uh, you know find out more about you. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn. So it's Martin Bannerfer, but there's not many Martin Bannerfers. Um, so you find me there. Um, and if you Google Stillwater Coaching, then it'll take you to my website. And I've got a blog on there as well. So Stillwater Coaching um, slash blog. And uh, there's a number of different articles about personal development in terms of leadership, career management, well-being, and various things that we deal with in life. So there's a few options. So look for you on LinkedIn, Martin Benefer, and that's B-E-N-E-F-E-R. That's it. Ma- Martin with an I. Uh, and... Google Stillwater Coaching, find the website listeners and you know, take a look at the blog. You know, read those articles, digest those articles. I got it right this time and uh, you know, get, get through that content. And of course, you know, reach out. You know, I'm sure you'd be happy to have any sort of conversations with people about any issues that they've got, but perhaps you can help them with as well. And you've given some. Of course, my, uh, my contact today. details are on the website. So uh, yeah, feel Perfect. free to get in touch. Perfect. Coming to the final question, then, this is where I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball, Martin. Okay, so I'll ask you a slightly different question. I'm going to ask you when your next coffee is going to be, because we can do that now, because we are actually starting to ease out of lockdown. But I also want to know if you were to have that next coffee in a dream location, where would that dream location be? So tell, tell us that when your next coffee is going to be. It's probably going to be double espresso in the morning. I guess. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the answers are going to be very starkly different here. Um, so the next real coffee would be um, tomorrow morning as normal, part of my routine. Yeah. I think my next coffee with somebody, I've got a client meeting later that day. And my dream coffee, this is ridiculous, but it, for some reason it made me think of, I often ask the people, if you had a time machine, where would you go? And I, I, I always think, hands down, go back to uh, dinosaur time. So ah, it's a, it's a strange place to have a coffee. But yeah, yeah. so essentially it would be in Jurassic Park, watching all the dinosaurs go by, sipping my double espresso. Yeah. Making sure that fight or flight is in yeah, a good yeah, prime position, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what dinosaur might crop up? Well, that is the mo- most unique answer we've had to where your dream location is. Uh, I've got to ask one final question because I always ask this. You're in Jurassic Park. You're having your coffee. Is it morning, midday or evening? What's the, what's the time of day? Do you, are you a sunset person or a sunrise person? Sunset, yeah. Sunset. Evening, watching the sun go down, hoping I don't get eaten. Enjoying my coffee. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that probably throws just about everything that we've talked about in the podcast. Yeah, no one's going to remember anything else. No, no, no. Don't worry, I won't include it in the show notes. So thank you very much, Martin. You've shared some great things. Um, Certainly, you know, 
you help people develop and grow. We can see that. And I encourage the listeners to reach out to you and find out more about you, what you do, how you can help them. Um, I love the way that you said, you know, ask yourself, how do I get the most from myself? Be courageous. I think that's absolutely great. And I also wrote down here, what can I learn? You know, when something doesn't quite go as I want it to go, don't beat yourself up. Just look at it and say, you know, what can I learn from this? And you've given us some amazing other things about well-being and awareness uh, and also, you know, how how we can be better versions of ourselves as well. So I really do appreciate that. And as always, I say this to every single guest because I really do mean it. You know, your time is very precious and I do appreciate you giving up your early evening to be a guest on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. My pleasure, Simon. Thanks for having me. And listeners, as you know, this is part of my mission to help people be more aware, better educated, and of course, have some accountability. So you've had the awareness, you've had some great tips that Martin shared. The most important thing now is to do something with what Martin shared. Think of that one small thing that you can make a difference to your well-being tomorrow or the day after. Don't leave it any longer than that. Yeah, the weekend's nearly upon us. What can you do before the end of this week? What one small thing can you do to improve your well-being? Do something with it. And then both my time and Martin's time has been worthwhile today by making a difference to your life. So do that and share it with us. Leave a review of the podcast, share it with us, tell us what you've taken, what benefit you've had from the tips that Martin shared today and the lessons that he shared as well. And I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.